0: Absolutely. It depends on the uh, C.O.R. of the flagstick, so the Co-Vision Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to.
1: Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and I got my good co-host with me, the man, as always, Monscato, Scott. Scott, what's the good word? You celebrated your 42nd birthday. You feeling old yet?
0: Uh, I wasn't feeling that old um, until my daughter decided to remind me how old I was by counting down the amount of years uh, I had been alive after uh, they sang happy birthday to me. Ugh, so, from the mouth of babes. It took a while. It that's always when I started me. to feel old.
1: I'll tell you when it hits me. It hits me all the time when you have to scroll on a website to get to your birth date. The date, di- you know, and you have to go to the year, and it starts at like twenty twenty, and then you just keep scrolling backwards, and uh, that's when it hits me. I'm like, wow, I'm still scrolling here.
0: Yes, that also, as well, I find to be a uh, an experience because, yeah, lately they've been starting at like two thousand two. Which I guess is, um, you know, eighteen. So that's probably like the minimum age. Sure. to Sign up for things. So yeah, I, I think you're right.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, it's a slap in the face. Um, so we haven't had a pod in a while. A lot of stuff has transcended in the golf world. Uh, you've been busy. You're still working before your summer starts. Um, I was doing a little bit of traveling and not gonna lie, playing a lot of golf. But Scott, we've got golf back. <laughs> Like literally back, tournaments that matter, uh, the PGA Tour will tell you, FedEx cut points as we hear over and over and over again. Um, I got I to gotta say right off the bat, my man, how was your viewing experience watching the Charles Schwab?
0: Uh, my viewing experience, I would say the first like hour on Thursday was a little just odd because they kept talking about it. Um, but once they kind of settled into the golf, it was honestly no different than any other tournament I've ever watched. It was just guys playing golf and commentary, and it was fine. Uh, you
1: know, go ahead. I, I was just going to say that everybody made such a big deal out of the fact that, oh, there's there's no fans. And, you know, it just doesn't feel the same, man. OK, look. Everyone that listens to this podcast is a diehard golfer, and they're diehard golf fans. And I know that they're the same people like you and I that are watching early Thursday morning coverage on PGA Tour Live on the Golf Channel. The golf looked no different than anything else we've seen for an early Thursday morning round, for an early Friday morning round, for for the non-leaders on a Sunday. And if you've been to a tournament before, and you followed groups, and you know this damn well, just like I do. That you and I might be the only two people following a group. So for these guys, it's it's not really that odd. It's not that weird, you know. Once they get inside the ropes, everything's the same. Nothing's different.
0: Exactly, and that's that. In the end, like, I, and again, I've been to tournaments early on a Thursday morning where I'm one of the first, like. 10 people through the gate and uh, you know there there's people you know kind of waiting around at that like 7 30 tea time just like looking around like uh, okay no fans here and except for that one guy like what's he doing here who does he know um i don't know anyone in this particular group i just Came to the first tee because that's what was going on here.
1: Yeah, and you guys happen to be up there. It, it, it reminds me of, even at the big, the big events, right? The majors, uh, the playoffs. It reminds me of the Barclays two years ago when you, myself, my wife, my kids are out following Ian Poulter's group. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Poulter is an enigmatic character. People like him, people hate him, but regardless, he kind of, you know, he, he elicits a response from people. And we followed because, you know, I'm unabashedly a Poulter fan. Uh, One of my favorite guys out there, you know, to a fault. And we're watching him and we're following him for the third hole, the fourth hole. And then the fifth hole kind of veers away from, you know, the masses. It veers away from the tent cities that the PGA Tour puts up week in and week out. And slowly but surely, it turns out to be kind of the five of us, one or two other people. And then the three guys that are in that group. And we meander around for nine or ten holes until the course goes back to the finish. And the finish is, again, where a lot of people are. And if you're not following Tiger, if you're not following, you know, a JT, a Ricky, a Phil, a Brooks, there's no one following these guys for half the round. So that whole facade of, you know... I know the fans aren't here, everybody, but, uh, you know, we're trying the best we can. No, like these guys are so used to not playing in front of people. It's only when you get back to the center of the courses that you start to see the fans again. And and I thought the television coverage did a great job. I mean, it was it was great for what it is. It was great for a normal time. Uh, one of my favorite things, Scott, did you see the people on the course erecting their own grandstands, the people that lived on the course?
0: yes. That, and that's, that's exactly brilliant. what I would do. Yeah, of
1: course. I would be out in a lawn chair every single day that a tournament was going on. If I lived on a course that held a tournament, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, people never cease to amaze me. And, you know, in my mind, those people were the winners this week.
0: So I the Traveler's Championship, which is a, a regular tournament for me under normal circumstances, uh, it's obviously closed to, to crowds. Um, I think it's in two weeks. Correct. Um, So it's obviously close to crowd, so I won't be attending or likely won't be attending this year um, because TPC River Highlands is lined with houses, uh, townhouses and uh, attached single-family homes, things like that. And I actually did look and um, have not given up on Looking at possibly renting one of those places for a few days uh, just so I could chill on like the back deck and watch some golf.
1: I'm always super jealous of when they go to Pebble and you see, you know, the people that live on like the 18th. And, you know, I've looked up those houses on Zillow before. Everyone's done that. You know, they're 18 and a half, 23 and a half mil. But, like, that is the ultimate spot with uh, the Cove right there and the Pacific. And you've got Pebble going on and the Pro-Am. I mean, that would be the life, Scott. You get a few drinks, get the barbecue going out there, set up some chairs. I mean, that, to me, is a party.
0: Yes, there is, there's two two holes at TPC River Highlands where I would love to just have a, a house that I could just hang out in the backyard, you know, Get a you know get a barbecue, get a fire pit going, and just watch some golf for you know a few hours. Just watch everyone go through. Oh, I don't sure. need to watch you know someone's whole round. You know I've done that. I don't need to watch the whole course. I've done that. What I have not done is just set up shop at one particular hole and watch everyone go through. Um, mostly because you know that you get you get bored. But if you had a house and you could you know have alternate activities. Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah.
1: Now that would be an absolute blast. Um, we really don't need to get into what happened with the tournament. Obviously, Daniel Berger beats Morikawa in the playoff. Um Shoffley was right there, had a putt lip out, he's out. Morikawa, you know, blasts one off the planet on the first playoff hole. Berger splits the fairway, Berger flies the green, Morikawa comes up short, hits a great chip. Now he's got a par putt, and then Berger chips it from behind the green. He's got a par putt. Berger makes his. And to show how cruel and unrelenting the game of golf is, regardless if it's been away for three months or not, Morikawa lips out his tying par putt. And we have Daniel Berger as our first uh, post-COVID champion, PC champion, if you will, Scott.
0: Uh, And good for him, Get. Getting back into uh, you know winning ways, it had I think kind of gone a little cold for him, uh, and now you know maybe he's back.
1: Yeah, I mean, if if anything, I think the biggest takeaway is not only did he win, but let's just look at the field that he beat. I mm-hmm. mean, could could the PGA Tour, aside from Tiger, beating Kepka or JT, you know, in a playoff? Could the PGA Tour have scripted a better final day leaderboard than this?
0: I mean, other than, like you said, Tiger and Phil, who missed the cut, um, I don't know that they really could have gone, taken more marketable people and put them out there.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, I mean, look, for being the only sport, only major sport live on TV that week, I mean, its stars showed up. You know uh, the PGA Tour just must be head over heels with with the names. And you, you look, you had Berger Morikawa in the playoff. We mentioned that already. You had Jason Kokrak, okay, not a lot of people know him, but a big long hitter. And then you've got you know insane Bryson, who's you know plus thirty pounds and bombing the ball off the planet. You've got Justin Rose back after dumping Hanma. Uh, you got Shafle. The young upcomer, who you know, that was my pick. I really wish he would have won, but it is what mm. it is. Then you've got Bubba, you've got the uh, demon seed himself, Patrick Reed, Gary Woodland, who's you know, it, it, Bryson looks like he took the thirty pounds Woodland lost, you know, and and packed it on him. You got the traveling vagabond, Sanjay M, who's got no home. Uh, Spieth, with with the if Spieth is really the story, the first three days. You know, and if you want to go back even further, you got Harold Varner as the story of the first two days. So, I mean, dude, this tournament was was insane in terms of star power.
0: Oh, absolutely. And you had and JT was, you know, he was up there up until, you know, he imploded on Sunday. Uh, Rory McIlroy was in contention. So, that's, you know, that's a big needle mover right there.
1: Yeah, and I don't want to hear the people complaining that, oh, McElroy could have won, but uh, he bogeyed, like, the first five out of eight holes on Sunday, and he blew up again. Dude's number one in the world. Shut up. You know, the only reason you see him implode so much is because he's always on the first page of the leaderboard. Think about that for a second. We always say Rory blew up. Roy didn't win this weekend. And the only reason it's even in our minds or in our visuals is because the dude is always on that first page of every leaderboard. You know, it's not like a Daniel Berger. Like, dude's going to disappear. You're not going to hear about him for another four months, five months or so. You know, and then he might make a top five somewhere. But Rory's always there. Play some astronomical golf.
0: Yes. And, you know, obviously... Uh, I'm still on the Rory train. Uh, I am not, not at all changing my, uh, my prediction for the year for him. Dude,
1: don't think I didn't see that and think about that when he popped up, you know, on the leaderboard. Hey, when he was in that Peloton competition on ESPN, I knew you were rooting for him on that.
0: Uh, yes, that's absolutely correct.
1: Um, I tell you one of the things I, I like, Scott, and I saw just like a, not, a lot of negative press online about it. Is miking up players and Ricky, um, obviously for 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 uh, being the one that jumped out there and said I'll do it. You know, he seems like uh, the most marketable one, and of course, he probably thought he was getting a sponsorship from the PGA Tour, so he said yes. But I loved the fact that he was mic'd up. You know that that's one of my favorite things is the. The banter between caddy and player, all the little inside stuff, um, but it blew my mind on how many tour pros were so negative in their in their saying no, I'm not going to do it. Instead of just saying no or not responding, you know, they 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 came out and have to have all these words about it. I just don't get it.
0: So I, I have it on uh, fairly decent uh, sources that other people did offer to do it. Um, but they only wanted, you know, the the PGA tour really only wanted one person. Um, and the fact that Ricky was willing to do it, uh, again, short of Phil and Tiger, uh, you know, name someone more marketable.
1: No, there's not. Exactly.
0: So, you know, he's obviously the logical first choice, but again, I think that there's just a lot of people who. Uh, they don't want to have to be... They don't want to have to think about what they're saying. They, and, they just, they just want that. to play the golf. I get and that. And they don't want something else going through their mind, like, oh, no, am I going to say something on mic and end up getting hit with a fine.
1: But see, here's, here's what I think needs to happen for that, okay? Because you've got to protect your players, right? And in today's cancel culture where... Someone says one thing, you know, that, that someone else disagrees with, and they rally people around the fact that now all of a sudden this person is a bad person. The network, the tour, someone needs to protect what they are saying. We don't need a live open stream, you know? You, you can, there are ways with television to make it look like, you know, we're going to Ricky Live, but realistically, he hit the, you know, he hit the shot five minutes ago, and we edited it out what we could keep and what we couldn't keep. And there needs to be some confidentiality, and the players need to feel safe. I mean, that's the biggest thing, right? Like, if you told me, hey, man, I'm going to mic you up for your next round, and we're going to broadcast it to the world. Well, I need some, some peace of mind from you that you're not trying to throw me under the bus. You know? That, yep. that you're not trying to get me. Like, aha, gotcha, you said that, or you told that joke, gotcha. We need to make sure that the players feel safe and the tour needs to do a good job of that. And if that does occur, I am all for miking the guys up. Just like the NFL does. You know, the NFL mikes guys up. the Major League Baseball mikes guys up. And guess what? It's shown after the fact. You know, the, the, the NFL, for all of its wrongs, and there are millions of wrongs, one of the things they get right is, as far as TV goes is the fact that anytime they come back from a commercial... They'll get those snippets of being mic'd up, you know, because they've edited stuff out. Because exactly, tr- trust me. Talk to any offensive or defensive lineman, and they will tell you that some of the things that are said in between plays or at the line of scrimmage—put um, it this way: there, there are marches out there now. Uh, they triple in size. If you could hear some of the things that were being said during an NFL game.
0: Yeah, so I, I think what'll probably end up happening um and this is obviously just, you know, me me speculating is they'll, you know, they'll add in a few more at the next tournament. So I think next is the uh, RBC Heritage. Yes. Yeah, so I think we'll, you know, we'll get maybe 3 to 5 guys who are mic'd up at this one. Um because now they've seen it in action and they know, okay, you know, they didn't they didn't put anything out there that was too crazy. You know, let's see. I'm willing to try it out. Um, and so they'll they'll get a few more. And then, you know, and then who knows, maybe it becomes one of those things where, you know, now everyone's mic'd up and they're just using it to, to put highlight reels together. Right. Uh, or if they were again, if they were really smart, um, you offer it only on PGA Tour Live.
1: Yeah, I mean that is the ideal and we know with the way that the PJ tour does things that probably won't happen.
0: No. No. You know, but they could set it up where essentially, you know, again if they were doing it, you know, you set it up essentially where now there's 144 channels and you just pick your player and you follow them through the whole round.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean that's ideally and essentially what the Masters and what the Players' Championship, you know, is Mm -hmm. going to do, where you see every single shot, or at least you have the ability to see every single shot. Um, Now, as far as the absence of fans goes, Scott, one of the things that I loved was you got to see how quiet it actually is inside the ropes. And and I say this all the time to people, and, and, you know, it's weird. It's one of the little nuances of golf that I love, but with everything that's going on in a tournament, there's so much happening outside the ropes. But if you ever get the chance to be inside the ropes, and I I realize most people listening are not going to get that chance, but if you're by the ropes, if you're at one of those crosswalks where you can kind of walk almost with the player for a little bit, you notice how silent it is inside the ropes. And I think that's something that kind of shown itself out well during the tournament coverage. Uh, in addition to that, one of the things that I loved is after a great tee shot, we didn't have to hear mashed potatoes, Baba Booey, um, getting the
0: hole, get
1: in the hole, you know. And for all like the you know the dude bros that listen to us, man, like it's actually not cool. And I know you think it is because you know you're six or eight beers down, and you know it's your escape because you worked. Twelve-hour days for five days a week, and this is your escape to get to a PJ Tour event. You want to get your moment of shine on TV, but realistically, like it's stupid as hell. You know, when you're out there with your buddies doing it, that's a different story. Um, but when you got guys that are making a living off of this, uh, it gets old very quick. So I, for one, not to sound like an you know an old fart or whatnot, but that's one of the biggest. I can't stand it. You know, I, I feel like they're non-golf fans that are at tournaments to do that.
0: No, it definitely it's it's people who, like you said, they, you know, they're there on a weekend because maybe their their job happens to, you know, have some tickets because they're sponsoring um, and they're not they're not real golf fans. It's just the event that's going on in that particular city, that particular weekend. So what are we going to do? Well, we got these free tickets. Let's go to the golf <laughs> yep. tournament. Yeah. You know, get some get some root beers. Uh, or actual beers, and you know, let's let's go crazy, yeah. We can, because what what are they going to do? They're not going to throw us out.
1: You know, I was I was thinking you had mentioned that um, you know some other people had been asked, and kind of, Ricky was the one that really kind of flew the flag for uh, for ha- being mic'd up, but but realistically, Scott, there were two people. Now that I think about it, that were kind of mic'd up, and the other person is Jordan Spieth. Because the little kid doesn't shut the hell up ever, and no, you don't he, you don't even need to have a mic on him to hear him. And I feel like you know, look, I I uh, I waver back and forth. I sit on the fence with Speeth, Right, I feel like he's an enormous talent. I love watching him play. I am enamored with. If you go and watch Spieth play eighteen holes, it, it might be the most fun next to Tiger. That you can have watching someone play because the dude will give you play by play. He'll tell you exactly what he's thinking. You know, him and Greller get into it two or three times, a round, and uh, and you get to see some amazing golf too.
0: Yeah, I I was gonna say he's also he's usually good for like chipping in for like par from like behind a tree from like forty five yards away. Uh, he's usually good for making some like crazy fifty foot triple breaking putt. Like <laughs> yeah. he just he just does crazy things just out of nowhere, and, and yeah, I mean that that's his game.
1: And he he held it together for you know for three rounds. Um, but there there are times, and I, I texted you this, and I was talking to you about this during the tournament. Is there are times when I feel like him and Grella get into it, and Grella just sits there and listens to Speeth just drone on about whatever, and then is finally like, "Yeah, dude, okay, yep, that's good." And Spieth went on like a three minute tangent at one point about this bunker in the front of the green. You think I could fly it? It's one seventy five there, and Grella kept saying one eighty. What's one seventy five to it? What's the carry? 180. Yeah, it's 175 to it, but the wind's helping, so it's probably like 172. So how far do I get to hit it? And Greller's like, 180. And you can just see Greller's face, like, dude, if I have to say it one more time to this kid, like, I'm gonna pick him up, smack him across the mouth, you know, and drop him back down in the bunker. And then Spieth goes and hits, you know, a, a fantastic shot to within, like, six feet, turns to Greller and was like, yeah, it was pretty close to 180. And it's like, the man is doing his job. Like, I don't think Speeth takes in information at times. You know, I, I don't think he listens to people, Scott. I think he has to just, whatever's on his mind, he has to get it out. And Greller is like the hilarious. He's like Silent Bob, mm-hmm. right? Speeth is like Jay, and Greller is like Silent Bob. He just sits there, puts a little facial expression on here or there, maybe raises his eyes. And Spieth just drones on about something and then finally hits the shot. I was like, hey, man, yeah, you, yeah, you were right.
0: <laughs> good call on that 180. Uh, yeah, and, and that's the thing with Spieth is that I just think he, he gets himself inside his own head, and sometimes that affects the golf. Yes. When it, when it doesn't, he's as good as anybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't argue that point. Um, it, You know what? There was so much talk, to in the beginning of tournament week. You know, who is this layoff really going to favor? You know, is it going to favor guys that were playing well because they're going to keep up the momentum, they're going to keep the, the positivity and know that, hey, man, I left the tour playing great, I'm still the best, I'm going to come back playing great. Or is it going to h- help the people the most that were not playing well. And it's almost like a reset button. You know, and you heard that a ton. And the fact that Jordan really was on this low, I mean, he was at probably the lowest of the low before Mm -hmm. the tour went on hiatus. And to know that, and who knows what he did over break, maybe he did nothing. You know, maybe that's what it was. Maybe he did a ton of stuff other than golf to keep his mind off of it, and now he's just getting back to kind of playing the golf and having fun with it.
0: If someone asked me back in March, "Hey, listen, the PGA Tour is going to, you know, take a layoff for the next couple months. Who's that going to help the most?" Jordan Spieth would have been my first-round draft pick.
1: You really can't argue with that. You know, he had. i I've, I think you make a great point, right? The guy gets in his own head, and I think the self-talk, while positive at times, and can help a lot of times really does become negative and becomes almost a weight that he carries around. And so having three months, just think about that, Scott, three months we didn't have actual golf. Having that time away and away from the speculation and not hearing day in and day out that, you know, oh, Jordan Spieth isn't the Jordan Spieth of old and having all these commentators say stuff, it had to be pretty refreshing for a dude like that.
0: Yeah, and sometimes I also think he's a victim of his own success. Uh, I'm just curious. If you took the 2015 season away from Jordan Spieth, Hmm. literally just the 2015 season. Yeah. So I'm still giving him the John Deere in 2013. So he had one, two, three, four... Is he still yes. referred
1: to as Jordan Spieth? Do you know what I mean? Do, do, yeah. do people outside the sport know his name if you take that season away?
0: So if you, t- if you take that season away, he still has s- one, two, three. He still has six wins and a major.
1: He's, he's a Freddie Couples at that point.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah Freddie Couples, I think, has a lot more wins than that. But
1: Well, yeah, but I'm saying at that age.
0: Exactly. So he still has six wins and a major at age, you know, 26. Right. Ah, ah, That's pretty good.
1: It's fantastic.
0: Exactly. So let's all back off him a little bit.
1: You know, the biggest problem with golf fans and golf media, and I will firmly admit that I am guilty of this, is the fact that our memories are so short. Now, you can go back and you can say to someone, hey, who won the World Series last year? <clears throat> and people think a little bit. And they'll say, oh, uh, the Nationals won. Yep, yep, yep. And, and who won the World Series before that? Well, the Astros won. And you say to someone, hey, who won last year's Super Bowl? People know that, right? They know that because it's the culmination of a season. Golf doesn't have that. But what golf does have is these four kind of you know high points of the year, these, these four mountain ranges, and they are the majors. But even that happens so often compared to other big sports, we forget. You know, like if I said to you, hey, who won the majors two years ago? All right, you and I are probably some of the biggest golf nerds in the world, and I would literally have to stress my brain to think about that.
0: You know? I know. I know Brooks Koepka won two of them. Right. That, that would be right. as far as I could go.
1: And that probably is not the best example because that's an easy one when you have someone that wins two. But like last year, okay, Tiger wins the Masters,
0: right? Yep.
1: Now everyone listening to this right now is going. I know what his next question is going to be. Who won the other three? I right, go ahead. Who won the other three? And you're like, Koepka uh...
0: won the PGA. Right um the u.s open in t- what are we talking 2018 uh we're
1: talking 19 now
0: 2019 was woodland and the open championship uh that one I don't remember
1: and see how it's it's the thing is it's so difficult you know I mean it's 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 like it's insane you know so yeah. I I believe I'm going to go off the top of my head, not looking, but I believe wasn't that Lowry?
0: Twenty nineteen was, was last year. Um. So yes. Okay. Lowry.
1: Now I cu- I couldn't tell you who won in eighteen. You know. Oh wait. Uh, I, yeah, it's Molinara. I do. Know I was going to say twenty eighteen is
0: actually really memorable. But
1: all right. So let's let's do this. Let's go one year before that, and who won the Open then? Well it's uh, a dude 20, just
0: twenty twenty seventeen was the, the crazy Jordan Spieth year.
1: Exactly. Go get that.
0: Yep. We are who won, are, who won the year before that? Uh
1: sixteen was uh Mickelson
0: and, um, okay, good. Yeah. Uh,
1: God, it's it's uh, a yeah. Stenson. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say, you remember the guy
0: who didn't win. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It was that crazy Mickelson Stenson, you know, down the stretch run.
1: Right. So, where for 13 holes, nobody hit a shot that was less than stellar. You know, yep. I mean, you, once you start thinking about these things, it jogs your memory, but it's, it's very difficult to to think of these four peaks each year and then to make it even more relevant. All right about Jordan Spieth, and I know we're going off a tangent. Jordan Speeth is 26 years old. Right yep. now, he's 26 years old, okay? Jordan Spieth is three years and only two planes of the Open Championship removed from being an Open champion. Exactly. But in our minds, and I say a collective whole hour in the golf community, Jordan Spieth is done to people. And now he's on, like, this redemption train the dude's twenty six. Like, you know, twenty six years old. Like that's 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 how old Kepka was when he started winning stuff. Yep. And Spieth has majors in his back pocket already, so he went off the rails a bit. You know who who knows? And the, you know what the thing is too, Scott. With professional athletes, you never know what's going on with them outside the field of play. Nope. You know, how how do we know that, that Jordan Speed didn't have some troubles at home or got into some stuff or whatnot, you know, that was kept quiet? Now I'm not saying he did. He seems like a great guy. But I'm just saying there's stressors in everybody's life that can derail you. So not every single person can hang out at Perkins and still win majors is all I'm saying, buddy.
0: That's definitely true. And like I said, he he might just be a victim of his own success, his own early success by the time he was – 22 he had two majors a pga tour player of the year um he was a leading money winner in a fedex cup okay great so if you look at that season and you take that season away is he still does he still have a really good career absolutely so let's all just give speed some time to you know get back there yeah and it, think, it's going to happen
1: i think one of the biggest um Positive takeaways you can take you can have with Spieth is the fact that he's always been good with the media. He's never shunned them. He has kept Greller on the bag. You know, he's a a same swing coach. The dude is like a model of consistency. And just because the golf wasn't at the same level that everyone expected it to be in the beginning doesn't mean that he's still not a, a generational player. I mean, I, I, I'll I put all my money on the fact that he's a generational p- player. And it, it, here's a great question. D. Lou texted me last week while Spieth was in contention. And he said, over under, rest of his career, major wins, one and a half for Spieth. What do you take? And I said, I take the under. And he said, how can you hate on Spieth that much? I said, "There's no there's no hate on him. But do I think now, when we see how many good players there are, I think people now can finally understand how frigging difficult it is to not only win a tour event, but to win a major championship. And that's the only reason. There's nothing against Speeth. It's the fact that there are so many damn good players. Like, there are so many great players, Scott, that will never even finish T3 in a major because the level of golf is so good nowadays.
0: Exactly. So here's a question. And more majors before the age of 24, Jordan Spieth or Tiger Woods? Who had more? Yeah. I'm going to say they were tied. Speeth had one more. Speeth had one more than, than the almighty Tiger Woods. Tiger had two. He had the 97 Masters and the 99 PGA. And Spieth had all three of his. Unreal. And so, we say
1: Spieth is done.
0: So let's... And Tiger, you know, Tiger's got 15. But those 15, other than the two that I just mentioned... Uh, I guess you can even throw the PGA into it. And the, the 2019 Masters were all one in like a nine-year period.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, which, that 10-year which, run is...
0: Yeah, which Jordan has not even hit. So to expect him to be the next Tiger is completely unfair to him. Okay. Because there is not going to be a next tiger.
1: No. I mean, the the bottom line is the the next tiger probably hasn't even been born yet. And I just you know greatness is is not only due to right place, right time, genetics, skill, determination, hard work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think more so than, than any of that, it's it's who are your contemporaries, right? And who did you have to beat along the way? And I'm not sure with the crop of players that are that are so good nowadays, if, if a person can come up and, and be even just as good as Tiger, or maybe even better, and still achieve the same winning percentage. I just don't think it's feasible.
0: I can't imagine it would be. I mean, just the... The clip at which he won is just, it's staggering.
1: I'll put my entire life on the fact that that will never be equal again.
0: Uh, No, I mean, I I can't imagine it would be. From, from, uh, From 99 through 2008, he won at least one major every year except for 03 and 04.
1: I mean, imagine having a year where you, you win five or six times, but you think it's it's a lost year because you didn't win a major. Like, that's how good you are. Your level of expectations is so high that you consider that a failure.
0: Exactly. So and that's, where, and that's where you're at with Spieth, basically. Right.
1: right. I think people jumped the gun too early on them, you know? They got on board, and they thought that, hey— Here's the next great hope, and we're going to ride this train till it dies. And all of a sudden, the train got derailed a little bit, and they jumped off. Like most fair weather fans of sports. Yep. All right, speaking of majors, PGA Championship, first one happening, TPC Harding Park in San Fran. City public health official, Scott, said the August 6th through 9th tournament will be played, but without spectators. I can understand a regular tournament going on a major, especially at a, a revered course like TPC Harding Park in San Francisco, a place we know that was hard hit by the COVID-19 virus. Do you think this tournament is going to feel like a major without having any fans there?
0: Um, I think it's going to be hard. I think having that atmosphere here, I think definitely a huge difference. Um, especially the PGA, because there are some like U.S. Open courses that don't lend themselves well to having like this huge crowds on every hole. Right. Uh, Or it doesn't feel like at least there's a big crowd in every hole. But the PGA, I feel like, is not that way. I feel like it's very much, you know, made in, you know, made for spectators. And Harding Park, I feel like, is definitely. So I don't think it will. I think it's going to lose a little bit on the atmosphere. You
1: know, the, the thing that stands out to me when you mention, like, the U.S. Open venues, okay? You know, we can rattle them off the top of our heads, and, you know, we know the Beth Pages, we know the Wing Foots, we, you know, we know the Pebbles and all those, and those those look special, you know? Like, no knock on the Charles Schwab, no knock on um, Harbortown, no knock on any of these other small courses... But visually, they don't present themselves as like these grand cornerstones of the game. But when you see a U.S. Open course, and you see the rough, you know, you see the banners flying for the USGA, you know it's the U.S. Open. Obviously, the Masters, you know, is what it is. Everyone knows that. But searching for an identity, which the PGA Championship always is, I feel like this is just another another way to knock them down a rung on the branch of golf hierarchy because let's be honest you know it used to be glory's last shot well i mean hell now this year it's mm-hmm. it, it, you know what are we gonna call it? the first one without fans i don't know it, it to me it i feel like to the average viewer it's going to just look like another golf tournament on tv
0: so here's the here's the question did The PGA of America almost back itself into a corner by needing golf courses to be open, um, you know, so they could continue their business. And and they were obviously advocates for golf courses being open and, you know, getting people out and, and playing. Did they almost back themselves into a corner with this, where, you know, you know, golf is a safe activity. Let people go out and play and then oh by the way we're also canceling our professional tournament that we sponsor (laughs) yeah so i almost wonder if it was one of those like well we're like kind of the dog who caught the car we got people to open reopen golf courses i guess we got to run that tournament now
1: the here's the thing and i know every place is different you can't make blanket blanket statements um you know, I, I've, I don't want to say I've traveled extensively during this time, during this COVID-19 time, but I've probably done a lot more traveling than most people, and I've been able to see the different areas of the country and how they're reacting. And it's very readily apparent to me that you can't make blanket statements even across states, okay, because counties and even, even subsections, small towns and things of the sort operate differently from their neighbors, and the same thing in golf. But what's crazy to me is the memorial tournament, Jack's tournament, right, in Dublin, Ohio? Fifth one on the schedule, of July 16th, I believe it starts. Um, that's going to be the first tournament with fans. Yeah, they're going to do it at 20%. They're going to only have like 8,000 fans there or whatnot. And most of those people will probably be in the bleachers. But you, as a PGA tour, and I know they don't have any role of this. So I'm just, I'm, I'm really kind of talking at the corner of my mouth right now. But you're allowing like the memorial. To showcase fans, right? But then one of your four biggest tournaments of the year is not going to have any fans, and it's a major. It's just going to look odd. That's the only point I'm getting at.
0: Uh, you're not wrong. It's definitely going to look, and it will probably feel odd. So
1: we've we've got, we know the USGA is promoting this big, um, this big uh, <clears throat> roll call of autumn is a great time to crown a champion right? Uh, winged foot in Mamaronek, New York. Is that how you say it, Scott? Am I
0: right? Mamaronek, yeah.
1: Mamarinak, uh, New York. 17th through the 20th, they're hopeful to have fans. And the Masters, obviously, November 12th through the 15th, we know in Augusta, Georgia, is hopeful to have fans as well. Now, you are literally sitting in the epicenter of U.S. COVID-19 cases. Um, You are not far. 45 minutes from... Ah uh, wingfoot what's your gut feeling what have you been seeing in the local news media on the US Open possibly allowing fans there do you think it's going to happen
0: so just uh, and so 45 minutes in new york I, I we're i'm fairly close it's not like a big deal to get there the county that i live in in new york is i'm going to say two and a half counties away i guess actually one and a half counties away Um, my, the area I live in New York, um, you know, there's fairly minimal cases of, uh, COVID-19, uh, Westchester itself. When I say it's a County and a half Westchester itself is there's Northern Westchester and Southern Westchester, um, Maranek's in Southern Westchester, Southern Westchester is really the, the epicenter. That's where this all, all started in New York. Uh, and from what I can tell, uh, the way things have been going in New York, we're on a, a huge downtrend. And to be honest with you, I, I kind of feel like by the fall, should you know people continue to you know be responsible, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to have a tournament there.
1: I think that to me, obviously, seeing the Masters in the fall is is what I'm looking forward to, but. Yeah. But, you know, quote-unquote upstate New York, and I know, I know it's really not upstate New York, Westchester area, but, um, you know, where we grew up, it kind of is. Uh, upstate New York in the fall, U.S. Open with fans, I think to me that would finally be the, the crowning achievement of this season of golf. I would finally feel like, wow, it's back. You know, all those feels that you get when there's a major on or you're watching it live in person, you know, if they were able to do that, that would be, you know, my kind of aha moment this year.
0: Right. And again, just if they limit it to certain people and, you know, kind of keep things, you know, in terms of how many people they let in and, you know, keep things controlled in certain ways and just let people, you know, be responsible. Because from what I've seen, people have been very responsible. um, It's definitely doable. And that's, one, that's one my take on
1: hope. it one yep. can only hope you know um i want to get out of here with some picks for this week all right Tour, tours taking private jets because they've got that type of money down to south carolina scott they're heading down to hilton head the rbc um you know jim Furick will be there wearing his coat so will uh so will uh, Webb Simpson, you know, he's a big Hilton head guy. So will Davis love the third?
0: I was going to say DL3. Yeah.
1: Um, who are you? Give me, give me two or three people who you're looking at this week. Another kind of tight ish course, which is going to allow some of the, you know, the old adage the shorter hitters will have the ability to play well here
0: um well so i'm gonna take uh, uh you want to give me you want to do like three
1: yeah i want to go i want to go back and forth let's do that you throw one out i'll
0: throw one out all right so I, my first pick and I, again i've said i will ride or die with him the whole season I'm, i'll take rory first because mm-hmm. again he is both long and straight off the take.
1: This is his first time. Rory's going to be at the RBC in eleven years.
0: Yep. So, I'll 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 ride with him.
1: Before before I throw out my first pick, I'm just going to say that these smaller tournaments, because no tournament is small, but these smaller tournaments must be just just reveling in the fact that the star power is through the roof at their tournaments.
0: Oh, definitely.
1: Um, my first pick, I'm going with my man Poulter. Okay. The last three years after the third round, he's been fifth, first, and tied second.
0: That's a pretty good resume.
1: Yeah, not when you look at his final rounds, because in those three years, he went T11, T7, and T10 to finish. So all I need to do is get Poults to play the first three rounds like he normally did, and then just not self-implode. Fair. Who you got next?
0: Um, hmm. I'm going to take... I'll take Xander here.
1: Mm, I like that a lot.
0: I, I could see it happening. Xander Schauffele. Looking, looking okay. for a little redemption rebound, a little redemption.
1: Okay. I'm going to take a homegrown guy. I know he's not really from that area, but from the state. And I'm gonna go with double K, Kevin Kisner, South Carolina guy. Um, you know, not super long off the tee. Feel like he can work it around. He's got some of that South Carolina pride. Uh, you know, Palmetto State man. That's my second pick.
0: I was hoping to sneak him in as my third. Um, hold on, now I gotta, now I gotta rethink a little bit. Uh, um, is he playing? Yeah, he is. Okay, cool. Uh. I'll I'll take uh, uh, you know what? No, I won't. I'm gonna take someone else. I'll take Victor Hovland. Mm.
1: You no, know, Havland finished like t nineteen last week. Yeah, like he had four great rounds.
0: No, he's a great player. Of course, of course. Why not?
1: Yeah. Well, I'm going with the the patron saint himself, uh, Big Boy Bryson. Simple as that. Okay. My whole mindset, or at least what I want to see Bryson do, is this. Caddy says to Bryson, 240 carry off the tee. Um, you know, let's go 5-iron. Bryson looks at him, picks the driver up, says, nope, going over the trees. I want to see that on 72 holes.
0: The, that would if, be uh, That would be interesting.
1: If he's going to be so committed... To going like you know crazy in terms of the way he details workout plans and things like that. That I want insane. I want I want murder ball. That's what I want. Murder ball.
0: So the uh, the PGA Tour, which uh, you know the website does those power rankings every week, right? And they have Bryson number one. So,
1: well, guess what? PGA Tour, you finally got something right. Exactly. Good. I love it. Yeah, I'm going murder ball to win, Scott, because that's uh, my new mindset on the course as well. I don't care about yardages or what clubs I should hit. I'm just trying to murder the ball each time because if I can be, if I'm going to hit the ball sideways, I'd rather hit the ball a long way sideways than a short way sideways. That's fair. Yeah. So I'm trying to max out every iron, I'm trying to max out every club and, uh, just trying to get the ball to, uh, you know, to obey my commands.
0: Yep, just hit it, find it, and hit it again.
1: Right. And if I threaten it enough by smacking it hard, you know, maybe finally it'll listen.
0: Anything's possible.
1: All right. We got anything else for the good people?
0: Uh, I think we're all set. All right. Hey, thanks for, uh, thanks
1: for sticking around, people, during this long... Um, COVID hiatus. We were almost like the PJ Tour, Scott. We had to take a little hiatus. You know, what I mean, we had stuff to do.
0: You know what? There was you had some interviews, and you went down to Pinehurst, and uh you know, I I contributed where I could, but I was I was pretty busy. And now that golf is back, uh, I feel inspired to uh, to be back and talk about that golf. So I do. Let's, I do. Let's keep doing I do. It. I do
1: feel inspired i gotta tell you what scott you know i know we don't do this on video but i'm looking pretty damn good wearing my uh gas house golf shirt and my eagles and arrows hat right now i feel like i could go out on the pga tour and play
0: um uh, you know what that stuff is actually really nice uh so i'm sure that if you were out on the pga tour and there were fans people looking at you and going hey that's a nice shirt that guy's got on.
1: They and would get, say that.
0: Can man. I get that in the merch tent? No. Nah. The answer would
1: be no. The You know what? I, I, I will gladly take it off my back and play the rest of the round with no shirt on. Here it's yours. Hmm. Right? All gas, no brakes, Scotto. That's what we do. Exactly. All right, people. So either get busy golfing or get busy dying. All right.
0: Be good, everyone.
1: Hey, what's good podcast patrons? Dan from Leave the Pin here. Listen, if you want to look good on the course, if you want to hit the ball a mile and look damn good doing it, Gas House Golf is the company you need to get on board with ASAP. Gas House Golf Newest apparel company out there, making you look fantastic. Look, the shirts are fire, the hats are fire. Everything they do, everything they touch looks great on the course. You want to stand out? You want people to notice you? want people to notice your game? Get to GasHouseGolf.com. And right now, not only are they offering free shipping, they're also giving you an amazing 15% off code. Use our code, leave the pin, get 15% off all your purchases at GasHouseGolf.com. All gas, no break, golf.